Hello and welcome to Musicians Talk. My guest is Marina Morayama Nier, though she performs simply as Morayama. She has an extremely diverse background, both culturally and musically. She plays about every instrument under the sun. I had the privilege of talking to her and watching her perform in her bedroom where she writes, records, and practices. Here is fragments from this session.
<laughs> awesome. Um, so thank you again. That was really awesome. Thank you. Um, so we were just talking about uh, your space here. Yeah. Um, it is, as you said, very cozy, um, but you have roommates. Is it ever hard to practice uh, without disturbing them or are you able to find good times to do that <laughs> for lack of a better phrasing? Um, well, I don't practice. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, there was only really one time when I was playing my guitar too loud and I was playing really loud. Um, so usually, and like we've like talked and I've like checked in. So, um, usually it's not really a big problem. Um, but I, I made sure to tell them if it's too loud, especially the one I have share a wall with, just mm -hmm. let me know. So usually it's pretty fine. Mm -hmm. Um, you play several instruments. Yeah. How many? <laughs> um, at what level? <laughs> <laughs> at all levels. What are you uh, at? Which instruments are you at least somewhat proficient in? Because you said you teach music as well. Yeah. Um, well, I so I have a degree in music education, which oh. means that I had to study all the instruments, pretty much all the standard instruments of um, band and orchestra, and um, classroom instruments. So we did like. We did like recorder, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was seriously studying flute for years and years. I have so like I did a double major with music education and flute performance. So I was like working to like do it, like be be good enough to be like a professional. Mm -hmm. um, so flute, um, and then I would say guitar, and then like I work around with synths. Um, but I'm not the best piano player. <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you start doing piano? Was that when you were in school studying for music education? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom's a piano teacher. Wow. So piano was the first instrument that I started learning. And I took a few years with her, but it didn't last super long because it's really hard to um, learn from a parent. Um, How so? Well, later on, she told me that, well, actually, compared to my other students, you were pretty advanced, <laughs> but that's not really um, how it felt when I was younger mm -hmm. learning. Um, she was pretty tough. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I guess it's hard to separate when it's like, I feel like usually you have your teacher and then you have your parent. It's a different mm -hmm. interaction. Would you say it's because of that weird mix of her being your teacher and your parent at the same time. Yes. I definitely think that's a part of it. And I think, um, I think she's just so good at piano. Like she was like a child prodigy. Oh, wow. Um, and so maybe she thinks somehow genetically I was supposed <laughs> to like carry that on, but really like I'm pretty clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we're, did you pick up synths later on to do this project? Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, I started synths once I just started doing more of my own music. Mm -hmm. um, so who are, talk about some of the people you've collaborated with, like uh, Gender Work and Robin. Yeah. Um, so I've been in some bands um, since <laughs> being in Philly. 
Um, so I've collaborated with a lot of people, and I sometimes bring people on to this project to play live. So, so Robin, I I played guitar on her um, album that came out like a year and a half ago, um, and then so she played violin on mine. Um, on Unfurl, um, I involved my best friends Samantha and Mila. So Samantha plays cello, and Mila plays. Um, Viola. <laughs> Even saying the word make me speak, speak slower. <laughs> um, for you Viola joke fans. Um, okay, yeah. So so it was actually a pretty cool collaboration um, because so Samantha was in like the beginning process of making the album for for so she played in fragments, um, and so we went to her place and we were like noodling around and we just like recorded a bunch of stuff based off of like the sort of like the bass repetitious thing, um, and then we just took what we wanted and what could fit. We recorded a lot more, but it just didn't like fit in the mix. And then Mila actually lives in um, Arizona, so. I wrote out the part for her, and then I asked her to. I really wanted her to be involved, so I asked her to play it. And she, I think she like recorded her part on her boyfriend's um, like phone. <laughs> and I was like, "That's fine, just do it." So it's kind of nice because like when I play these things, it's like I get to still be playing with them, even though they're like really far. Like Sam mm -hmm. just moved to North Carolina, so. Oh. Um, and then Kenny, gender work. Yes, of course. Shout um, out to Kenny. <laughs> yeah, Kenny's Kenny's great. Um, um we collaborated a, a a while ago they um added some like spoken word rap over this song that i wrote with um bailey uh called freaky deaky witchcraft it's floating there around there somewhere <laughs> um, when i was in a band called the snusu dolls so um, and then finally, I returned the favor with Summer Rain. It wasn't really a favor. I was inspired by their music. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. And I was like at work and I laid down vocals for that uh, because this is what I do at work. <laughs> 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 um, and I did vocals and flute on Summer Rain, um, even though it can totally stand alone as Kenny's <laughs> gender work synth thing. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to be a part of that. Was that originally just an instrumental that they just made on their own? Or was it mm -hmm. like you heard it yeah. and just thought, I have something that I could add that's really cool? Um, like the, Yeah, this is good, but you know what would make it better? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they put up some demos. And I, I like to listen to people's music, mm -hmm. um, see what people are up to. So I listened to the demos, and this is the song that stuck out to me. And I was thinking of maybe the vocals that could go over it and um it just it just worked out it was called summer rain from the beginning right or no yeah so that's cool um and talk a little so wait how long are you you're not originally from philly right no <laughs> so how long have you been in philadelphia and what drew you here um i've been in philly for a little bit more than two years and I'm from Illinois. I'm from the Midwest, and I and I did a little bit of school in Columbus, Ohio, and then I moved back to Illinois. Um, and I thought that I really wanted to leave the Midwest, and it was between Philly and Seattle. And I thought I would be able to do a little bit better in Philly than in Seattle. And there's just other things that I like about the city. Um, and I sort of so two goals. Um, 
one was to get out of the Midwest and the other was to go to a city that has like a good local music scene um, and start writing my own stuff. So that's how it happened. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about the blog Culture Work. Oh, yeah. I love culture work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your part in it and, you know, what it means to you. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot going on there. And- mm-hmm. Well, it's really nice to be on the other end of an interview. <laughs> I feel like I get to kind of sit back. <laughs> um, but Culture Work is this blog that's, or this online publication that's dedicated to um, to art and literature that's, in writing that's t- uh, dedicated to um, talking about culture and talking about um, like the challenges in culture, whether it's like race or religion or just like the way that we, the, our perspectives on various things, even nature, which was our latest um, release. Um, and so this is a project that I work on with a, a bunch of people from high school. It started off with me, Rebecca Ehlers, and Eva Davis. Um, and Eva lives in New York. We're really good friends. And then we had our friend Hillary and Linda hop on board. Um, but yeah, it's been around for, I think, a little bit more than a year. And it's really important to me and re- really a cool way to um, connect with other creative people who are doing work that I think is really great. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes put my own stuff on there, which is a little bit weird. Like you, <laughs> if you've been on there, you kind of know a lot about me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to know about me, go ahead and go on Culture Work. <laughs> um, cool. And I want to get into that a little bit more, but do you want to play another song? Sure. Cool. The song's called The Wondrous Gardens of Goku.
Um, so first of all, what is uh, your setup? What I see a lot of pedals, and you've yeah. got a synth. And yeah. As I look around the room. <laughs> um, okay, so it's shifted around a little bit depending on what I'm doing. I'll do the pedals for. I'll have two rows of pedal boards. Sorry, two rows of pedals, and but right now I only have one, and it's all just focal effects. Um, I've been sort of getting away from performing with guitar a little bit just because um, having a ton of stuff to set up before a show is really stressful. So I've just been trying to focus on the synth and vocals, which is kind of fun. Um, but there's, there's this in- intro to the song, and I know you, you wanted to hear it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have this pedal. I have really cool things. I do a lot with the delay, and I have this... Um, cool um, harmonizer. You can like do a low voice, and then you can do um, different ooh, um, different intervals. <laughs> and then I have some effects, which I'll use later. Um, and then I have a guitar, and then I have this JDXI synth, which is like a really cool synth. Um, you can do, there's, you can, you can record different lines, four bars total. You can do it in triple if you'd like, and you can do drums. (laughs) Um, and the tone is just so good. It's so rich. Um, and so I use this synth mainly for this album. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. It's been like a kind of a game changer in terms of what I can do. It's really cool because you can do so much with orchestration with the different tones. Mm. I love synths. So you have two albums, but you said that you don't really play or most of your sets don't consist of those songs. Uh, How come? (laughs) (laughs) Um, or is it just you know the the length of time of the sets you just rather focus on the newest stuff? Um, okay, so a few things. So, so it was a double release. I released I released oh, okay. Unfurl and I released um, Rainbow Yama, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you got to listen to that, but that's yeah, like yeah. a really poppy um, sort of cinematic t- uh, album. And I don't perform that stuff because. Um, I feel like Rainbow Yama was a little bit of an afterthought, even though it's a longer album. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like fun to make those songs. Um, and the songs are a little bit less important to me, um, even though there are some um, songs that rip. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the Unfurl was really important to me, and that's the direction that I'm sort of going in. And um, and even now, um, this the song that I just performed, the Gardens of Goku, uh, is just like a newer thing that I've been working on. And um, I don't like playing the same sets all over again each time. And even the intro to it was different because because mm. I gave you, I was I was generous and I gave you the English translation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I like to keep keep things sort of fresh. So. Um, I keep enjoying playing my songs. <laughs> I don't, it's easy to get tired of your songs because you wrote yeah. them and then you're reviewing them and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to ask you about the Rain- Rainbow Yama album because 
I feel like it's kind of a concept album, which yeah. follows a character. Yeah. Named, what was it? Hoshisuna? Yeah. Is this kind of like, uh, kind of like a character you play or? <laughs> Unless um, you prefer not to say. Well, no, I wanted to. So I was thinking, okay, maybe at some point I might like develop a comic book or something. Mm-hmm. And that's the music that accompanies, accompanies it. But, um, I mean, the, all, all the music is sort of about my life. Um, and yeah, I like the idea of having a comic book, but I need to practice my drawing and it's just a lot. And like, like fine arts and stuff are not my forte and I'm experimenting with that and, um, we'll see where we can take it, but it is a concept album and it does sort of have like themes and like an arc to it. Um, so yeah, go ahead and listen to it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think the first time I heard you play, you mentioned on stage that you were learning Japanese. Or are you yeah. already uh, fluent? Um, my Japanese is pretty broken. Mm-hmm. But I started taking classes. Um, yesterday was show and tell. <laughs> 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 um, it's been good. Um, I wrote my grandma a letter. Cool. Um, which is a new thing. Um, so that was like a... Some people are taking the class because they want to be able to have conversations with their grandma. Mm -hmm. Some people are taking it because they at some point want to go to Bunny Island. (laughs) I would like to do both. (laughs) (laughs) Bunny Island? Is that? It's what you think it is. (laughs) 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 There's a, there's like a, whatever I'm picturing. There's a Bunny Island in (laughs) Japan. There's also like a cat island. (laughs) Um, but that song that I just played isn't in Japanese and it's in Uchinaguchi, which is the, um, dialect of, um, or it's the language of Okinawa. Mm-hmm. The Japanese will claim that it's a dialect, but that's another way that they try to one up us and gain control. Mm-hmm. As in like, um, is, what do you mean by that? Like different... Okinawa is in Japan. Right? Yes, it's a, a question. I mean, yeah, it's like a small island off of J- off of the mainland. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there are like a string of them. They were they're under. They used to be called the Ryukyu Kingdom, um, and they were independent. But through like World War Two, um, it was used as like one of the biggest battles between Japan and the United States. Um, and so it's there's a really big distinct, dis- distinction between Okinawa and Japan because like the mainlanders came to our island where there are indigenous folk like our folk who don't really want to be involved with that but were used as like collateral between both the United States and Japan mm-hmm. um and so that's a really sad part about my history and to this day Okinawa as a result is a um is like one of the largest um, off base places where they hold American troops and there's a lot of political action that's happening right now in opposition to the expansion. Um, Okinawa is also the poorest, one of the poorest islands of Japan. Um, so that's colonialism in <laughs> a nutshell. Um, so yeah, and um, my grandma speaks broken Uchinaguchi as well and um, when she was a kid, um, so she was she was young when when that fighting was happening and um 
she was like everybody who was like a year or two older than her was uh, pretty much um, like lost. Um, so when she was in school, eventually, um, like the Japanese gov government would punish them for speaking in Uchinoguchi. Um, so that's a way that they were able to almost fully um, distinguish the language, which is like really sad. Um, but so I don't, I don't even know how good my Uchinoguchi is. <laughs> um, but so that song was a, an adaptation of a song from this cool book I have, <laughs> which is called Brief History of the Early Okinawa Based on the Amaro Sushi, Soshi, which is a um, collection of ancient poems. Um, and this is really great because it's in English and in Japanese. I'm, I'm guessing that this might be an even like sort of like ancient, like Beowulf style, Ushinaguchi. Mm. Um, and there's this like um, Okinawan quote on there, which you, <laughs> you can't read it. <laughs> but it basically means like losing your um, native tongue is to, lo to lose your native tongue is to lose your native country. And a lot of the literature that I read is sort of about reclaiming that. And even if it's broken, I think it's a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, do you, can you also read the... Japanese uh, alphabet? I can read one of them. Um, <laughs> but so I was really interested in these poems, and I'm probably going to. I'm going to set this down for a second. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, so this is the, po the book of. This is all the poems right there. Okay. Um, so my book doesn't really go over all of them, but that book is all in like. Japan, advanced Japanese, and so I can't read it. <laughs> but hopefully someday I can. Yeah. But I have this book, and so that's like a, an ultimate goal of mine. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, Unfurl, a lot of it is about. Sorry, this is. Oh, oh Unfurl is. There are themes of like being sad about losing, um, like, my native tongue or like having broken um, um, Japanese and that's kind of what I was like thinking about at first because I did grow up speaking Japanese as a very young person that was your first language I learned it with English okay. um, but that sort of like faded away um, so I'm like sad about that and it's what I would speak to my grandma in but I think at this point learning Japanese is sort of the stepping stone to learning Uchinoguchi mm -hmm. so that's shifted okay your grandmother lives in, in Okinawa, Okinawa. Um, and you're also a part Israeli. Do you speak Hebrew? No. Um, yeah. So speaking of colonizers, <laughs> um, yeah, my dad's from Israel. Um, and my grandpa's from Egypt. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, so, and my grandma's from Israel. Um, so they've been through sort of like sh a lot of dramatic shifts in the way that Israel has been, um, ruled, um, definitely have feelings about negative feelings about that, but, yeah. um, but it's like, it's identity is really interesting and complicated because, you know, my dad would be technically first generation Israeli, maybe sort of, but my, my grandpa, he served, um, but because he and like a bunch of Jewish people were banished from Egypt, mm -hmm. um, and he doesn't claim or he didn't claim his egyptian identity at all because of all the negative feelings that he has about it and i do consider myself to be a little bit egyptian but 
um, it's like it's like complicated. It's interesting to see what people claim as theirs and what they don't. And I I feel very Okinawan because of like my connection to my grandma and just like spending the amount of time that I spent with her and just how we were raised with uh, just how my mom raised us was it just was much more influenced by that way of life than my dad, who's this um, like sort of like citizen of the world artist person who really just does his own, <laughs> own thing. So I don't even know if he identifies as Israeli. He's mm-hmm. just like a really unique free spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so y- yes, I am. I am also Israeli. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That sounds like, do you feel if, you know, and obviously you can, you know, choose if you want to uh, keep going. And I always give the artist, you know, the interview beforehand or before it gets published so they can choose if they want to take stuff out. But do you feel like there's some inner conflict being mixed race or is it just a matter of like, you just. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel comfortable ask, answering this question. I think um, mixed race st- uh, studies are th- gaining traction. Um, and so it's like a, it's like an area of interest. And I think people who are mixed are sort of, working a little bit more together and like gaining visibility for the sort of intricacies of what that means and how it influences um, like a, a person's whole identity. Um, and so Fragments is about that, you know, not only am I mixed, but I'm also like first generation American. And like a lot of the spaces that I navigate um, make me really think about who I am and the ways that I connect to people here, the ways that I don't, but like, no matter what, I think, I think a lot of mixed people struggle with is like, no matter what, there's, there are these things that are part of your identity that are always going to make you feel different. And so kind of being an outsider to like your immediate surroundings and also to like where you came from and I think that also people who immigrate struggle with that as they assimilate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> is there anything else you want the world to know? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I just got this book of poems by Ocean Vong, who's a poet, called Night Sky with Exit Wounds. And speaking of, like, identity, so he's from Vietnam, and I read, like, the first three pages, and I, like, couldn't get through it because it made me cry. (laughs) Um, I think I want to read a quote. Cool. Um, So I'm going to sort of summarize. Um, So he says, to enter a song is to lose your way back. Um, so I entered, so I lost, I lost it with my eyes wide open. Cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, you your one more song? Yeah. Cool. Um, this is about the things that are happening in northern New Jersey with the, um, Rampo Lenape, um, native indigenous people, um, and the action that's been happening around water and pipelines um it's called industrial wasteland cool
Thank you again so much. That was really awesome. Thank you.